Welcome back to The Purpose Effect, the podcast about purpose-driven businesses and what we can learn about solving some of the world's biggest problems from the women who are solving them. I'm Elena Kersey, and I'm on a mission to learn how we can build better, better work, stronger communities, a healthier planet. If you believe there's a better world out there waiting for us, then this podcast is for you. Uh, one of my first pitch festival, I was speaking to the coordinator and she goes, oh, you're not, you don't feel like you're in a hurry to go anywhere. You know, you are taking your own time, you're organic, you're slow. And is that what you want to do? And I said, I just want to take it slowly. I mean, that's why I've left my corporate life to change those values, change those goals, get a shift. I mean, I'm in a business where I'm selling nature. And nature never hurries for anything. It grows at its own time. Today's guest, Radhika Mayani, started her career in advertising and hospitality. And in the hospitality industry, she saw firsthand the scale of the problem of waste. And she knew she needed to do something about this. So, Left Hand Design was born. Left Hand Design creates plantable stationery. So when you're finished with your pen or your pencil, you can plant it and watch it have a new life as a tomato plant or a spinach plant or a herb. When I spoke to Radhika, I was struck by how often she uses organic language to describe her business. She talks about sowing seeds of intention and about ideas sprouting. She also talks about allowing her business to grow in its own time. Radhika is really open about the fact that convincing consumers and businesses to switch to zero waste or plantable stationery has been a slow burn at times. It's been challenging and frustrating, and she's even wondered whether she's doing the right thing. But she's focused on the bigger picture, to put plantable stationery into every business and every household, so that we are at least removing one contributor to our plastic waste problem. And in fact, I think there's something to be said for embracing slow when it comes to business, because this has allowed Radhika to focus on education and to get feedback from her community in creating new products. Obviously, going slow can have an impact on profit, but Radhika is focused on the triple bottom line. People and planet matter just as much to her. This episode is actually the final episode of the current season of The Purpose Effect, season five. Can you believe it? And I will be back in your ears with a new season in June. There's going to be some surprises, a little bit of a rebrand, some cool new partnerships. But before that, I wanted to ask you about the women in your communities who are creating impact. I want to hear their stories and I want to hear how they've impacted you. I'll be sharing details soon on how you can nominate the women and the stories you want to hear for upcoming episodes. So look out for this on Instagram at the.purpose.effect. But now for the good part. Radhika and I kick off the conversation by talking about how left-hand design was born. Going back to the root where, how, and why left-hand design started was back in 2014, 2015, where I used to work at Accor Hotels. Whilst working in the operations and design and marketing part of it, I realized the amount of waste what was happening uh, at the back end. 
And when you walk into a hotel, it smells good. It feels good. It's hospitality. You know, everybody's smiling. You know, everything's perfect. But what's really going on behind the scenes? And uh, what I saw was obviously there was a lot of waste of food, plastic, toiletries, linen. I mean, these are just on top of my mind at the moment uh, and stationery as well. And that's when it started triggering to me that how can we tackle this problem? What is the percentage of recycling which is being done or how is it being reused or how it is being saved uh, from going to the landfill? I, I don't think anybody dived deeper into this problem or really understood at like a GM level or, you know, because that awareness has had not been there. It, it was just an underlying problem. And I guess uh, for me personally, I love stationery. Whenever I go traveling around the world, I love to pick up, you know, bits of, uh, you know, books and pens and tapes. Though I don't use them, but I just find them so pretty. I just have them. And scissors. I love stationery and like envelopes and like really pretty looking books, like different kinds. If it's th- with threads or it's got stickers or, you know, something uh-huh. really uh, unique. Or maybe it's painted. Um, Mm -hmm. So I always have that habit of picking up things. And I said, how can I turn my passion into a purpose and then solve a problem with it? And if I had to launch a business uh, with a solution, it needed to have these three pillars. Were you looking for an opportunity to start a business? Or was it more the problem that you couldn't rip your eyes away from? Right. So I have been in the corporate world for the last 15 years, but I'm a creative person by by profession. So I, I love design. I love to draw. I love to paint. The entrepreneurship had already kicked in when I was living in Dubai. And I used to make handmade cards and I used to sell them in weekend markets. So I had a Monday to, Monday to Friday a full-time job. And over the weekends, I used to go and sell my handmade cards. And I loved it. Like it it fueled my passion. And I found the purpose there and connected with the community, like-minded, handmade artists and things like that. So the entrepreneurship had already kicked in. But having a sustainable business means that you are taking, you know, you want to uh, consider the people, planet and the purpose and the profit. But it needs to sustain itself as well. It needs to pay bills, which are basic, right? So it was hard in the initial year when I started thinking about it. Like I did launch uh, FSE certified paper, uh, you know, stationery to begin with just to see the response, uh, which was envelopes and gift tags and wrapping sheets and things like that. But then when I introduced the plantable pencil was my first product, which I introduced in 2017. And that's where... I thought, like, let me test the market and see how people take it, how people perceive this new product. So that's how it came about. And how did you think of the idea to create plantable stationery? Had you seen a similar product somewhere before? How did you come up with this idea? And then how did you find suppliers that knew how to make it? Obviously, you have any idea or any question, the first thing you would do is Google it. And obviously, uh, even I did the same thing that I Googled, like, how can I have an eco-friendly pencil? Okay. So that was my first thing is, how can I find something 
which is recycled. So these are made out of news- newspaper prints. And uh, when I saw the plantable um, pencils, which were already being made in India. So, so I was like, this is unique and this is innovative. Like, you know, I said, how can I have a spin on it and make it available in international markets? And that's when I got down to designing my own pencil. You know, what color it should be, what should be the capsule colors, you know, what kind of printing it needs to be, what color of printing it needs to be, you know, why is it called beige? So I started going deeper into what the collection would be called. And then I I went to India and I stayed Mm -hmm. there for three months. For long three months, doing my R&D research, meeting suppliers, understanding how this works and, you know, what are they doing, uh, you know, in and creating that environment of, uh, you know, how sustainable it is, you know, what kind of artisans are working behind it, you know, what is the supply chain, what is the procurement, you know, getting into the intricate details of how the whole logistics will work. Yeah. Uh, Because for me also transparency is important because if I'm selling a product, like if you go to my website, you will see how the pencil is made and what it is made up with. So you can Mm -hmm. find each and every detail on the website for all our products. So yeah, so I did a whole three-month trip to India. That was the longest I've stayed in India uh, uh, after moving out. So uh, so my mom was like, uh, you know, I hope uh, you're going to go back <laughs> at one point. <laughs> I said, yeah, mom, I will be leaving. Uh, don't worry. Uh, till, my, till all the things get sorted. Uh, so yeah, it's been interesting from there. So when you first launched your products in 2017, what was the response like? Did brands immediately get it or was there a level of education that you needed to provide? I think 2017 has been an interesting year because when I launched in November, I started going to marketplaces and going to schools, universities. So we were literally everywhere. And I found the challenge where people are not aware about, you know, sustainability or they are not aware of alternative eco-friendly solutions out there. So it was mainly, it was more of an awareness drive than selling it. Because when you launch something as niche as a plantable pencil or a plantable pen or a plantable uh, stationery, I think the whole approach to business changes because you need to create awareness. It's a new category of products. Mm -hmm. How are you going to market that? How are you going to speak to your consumers? How are you going to educate them? We had to pivot our business plan and our business to, you know, creating awareness and talking about what is eco-friendly or what is, uh, you know, reducing plastic. If you buy a pencil, you reduce six grams of plastic, You know, if you are buying our plantable pen, you are reducing five grams of plastic. What Mm -hmm. is it made up of? What are the capsules made up of? So we had to literally go and break it into detail of how the whole process is and how it can create a better future for our children and the younger generation who's coming in. Yeah, I think it took a a lot of time. I would not say that, you know, if I went to a fair uh, and if, uh, say if it was a paid fair, it was not necessary that I was going to cover that cost of the fair. So that was the cost I needed to consider into my marketing expense, because for me, this was more marketing and creating an education drive. 
So I think it was a slow process, I would say. Mm -hmm. It was a very slow process, yeah. Can you tell me about your first yes, the first corporate client who came on board and said, yes, left-hand design, we want your stationery. How did that work? So I think um, our first clients started coming in in 2018. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was a bank. So this bank, they came down to us and they's like, you know, we love the stuff. You know, we want to do customized uh, products for us. And I was super excited. I was like, oh my God, this it can't get better than this. That, mm-hmm. that you know, they are coming to me and they're saying that we want to customize our pens. I was like, finally, it's working. Like finally, yeah. you know, what we are putting in is coming to life. When did you get into hotels? Who were the first hotels to pick up your your products? So Capella uh, okay. was our first, uh, you know, client where they went all in. Like they were really, they are really into sustainability and creating that conscious footprint. Mm-hmm. And they supported a business like us who have just started out, you know, who's trying to create a change. Um, so that was exciting. You know, we worked with Marriott as well uh, for a bit. So I want to talk a little bit about kind of the resilience that's required when you're trying to change behavior, because when you were going through this process, when you were turning up at all of these fairs, when you were having meetings with hotels and banks and other corporates, you must have had either a lot of no's or people who were just like, okay, that's nice, but I don't really see the point of this. How did you manage to keep going past the nose? Right. For me, when I started this business, my main purpose was creating a change, creating a niche product category where it doesn't exist and I had to make noise. So I guess it was the purpose was way bigger than the no. So I just concentrated on that. I just concentrated Mm -hmm. that why I started my business I think that why really matters to any founder, you have to be true to yourself. And obviously there were, there were times where, you know, they said, I don't think this is a great idea. I don't think this is a fit. We don't think it's scalable. And obviously there were people who said those things and which hurt, obviously hurts, you know, because you're putting your heart and soul into this because you want to create that change. And my, my goal is every household should have this. If you have those goals and if you have people saying that, you listen to them and then you just kind of focus on what you really want to create. Just keep going, you know, and either I quit or, you know, either I cry, I quit (laughs) or either I just keep going. Was there a particular criticism or a particular comment that you might've received from a potential client that you went into pitch to, which particularly hurt? Yeah. So there was a hotel client and I went, every time they called me, I went in, you know, we want to do bottles, you want to do this, we want to do that. And I was so enterprising that, you know, I I found a very nice company in the UK who's doing bottles, but they are completely eco-friendly and uh, water bottles. And, you know, like if they had a problem, I was ready to take that challenge on and how can I provide a solution? Because I'm in a business of solutions. And then eventually they went out and did it from somebody who was cheaper than what I was offering. And that hurts. So obviously these things happen. So you just deal with it and then you're like, okay, 
okay, I, I'm going to have to go to my next client, you know, and, and maybe that person will understand me a little more better than that person, the previous person. So I guess you just move on. Yeah. Did you ever think maybe there's no product market fit here? Maybe there's just not enough interest in plantable stationery. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I had my doubts. Like when I launched in 2017, 2018, you know, I kept telling my husband that I hope I'm doing the right thing because, uh, you know, people are buying one or two pencils, but they are really not excited about this product. So I said, you know, maybe this is not the right fit for the, maybe this is not the right market. I started questioning myself and my products that whether they are a fit or not. And I constantly had that doubt. But then there was, I think there were things which started happening, like the first client win. Then we got invited at the Seal International Handmade Fair, which was a sponsored trip by them to showcase our products at an international level, uh, where uh, where countries from Australia, Vietnam, Thailand, um, Singapore. So I was the only person who represented Singapore in South Korea. So I think... I think these kind of things started happening. Uh, you know, I got uh, invited to, for speaker events. And um, so I guess those kind of things, when they started happening, then I thought like, okay, it's a slow process, mm-hmm. but we'll get there. Yeah, I think when things start to snowball, then I yeah. guess you realize that, yes, the product market fit is here. You know, the interest is here. I just need to keep talking about it, keep banging on those doors, yeah. keep doing what I'm doing. What are you most proud of? I think the proud moment is um, offering a eco-friendly option to stationery. I think that's one of my proudest moments that I could launch something which is zero waste, which goes back to earth. You grow different herbs like tomato, chili, okra, spinach, morning glory, brinjal, fenugreek, you know, basil, tomato, coriander so we've got 13 herbs in total daisy wildflowers i mean when i when i just see that grow and i'm like oh my god like my purpose here is solved i am so happy that i can see these products have another life isn't that beautiful enough once it comes to an end of its life you give it another life and i have experienced it because i do grow them and I remember in back in 2017, when I grew my first tomato pencil and my first okra and my first mustard seed pen, I danced. I like literally jumped around the house and I was making noise. I'm like, oh my God, like I can see them sprout. It was so happy. So that was my happy moment. Yeah. And I was like, I get to share this with each and every person I meet that this is what I do. And get them excited. Yeah, love that. Whenever I sell in a a physical space, I encourage everyone to use the pencil. When it goes short, plant them, add a little bit of water and sunlight and and just share pictures. And I think that's how the ripple effect works. This is true regenerative business, right? Because this is something that has another life and not just any life, a completely new life, right? It's not just reducing waste. It's actually turning that waste into something else. Do you have any tips for other people who are trying to change behavior with their businesses? Any tips on on how to get there or things that have worked for you? Nothing changes if nothing changes. It's as simple as that. So I think 
the most important thing is what change or what difference do you want to make in this world i think that's the bigger question you know you have to put your 500% you know because if you are launching a business with so much of conviction that you are going to bring this change then you really need to go through with it i've had aunties coming in coming to me and it's like why do you need to plant this pencil like what is the reason of doing it it's like i why can't i use it and put it in the waste bin you're like no auntie you cannot do that <laughs> so yeah so i've had i've had a lot of people coming in and saying that why do i need to plant this like why why you know why should i add another layer of work to this so obviously understanding from their perspectives like yeah it adds another layer of work for them and then i don't have a pot i don't have the time my i don't have green fingers so there are a lot of reasons of not doing it yeah. versus let's do it so i said i need to do it so if i say if i can't do it then you know no, i won't be able to sell it to anyone yeah you need to live it and be your own customer i guess yeah it's a it's a, it was a slow learning i think i've learned a lot from you know the people i met people i spoke to on ground uh, in in the initial years uh, to get feedback what they really thinking about it and how they perceive it those things mattered how i inculcated those values and system into the business as well yeah have you also used some of that in the creation of your products like if people say i'm not green fingered or i don't have the right pot is there a way that you have incorporated some of those issues that people have the reasons why they're saying no into your products absolutely so when there were times where people used to buy the pencil and they're like oh i don't have a pot what should i do and that's when we launched the coco pot and coco peat which is actually an alternative like if you don't have a ceramic pot lying in your house you can start with that once it grows you move it into a bigger pot but it is it gives you time mm-hmm. so i've taken these kind of feedbacks like but i wanted something which again goes back to soil like that's yeah. why it's coconut coir which is eco friendly which is made out of coconuts uh you know the coconut hair and then they're they're made into different shapes so i wanted something again back to earth uh, the same concept and i've taken ideas from there what people really need you know what they need to see in terms of communication uh, on our instagram that's what we do we educate as well we talk about greenwashing we talk about transparency we talk about our products our materials plastic waste uh, you know so we try to focus and educate and sell the alternative as well yeah yeah it's it's kind of a complex loop isn't it because you need to create the demand through the education piece and then provide the solution and then find a way for this to go back to soil and be regenerative so how do you manage all of this personally what's your mindset because it's not a straight line and there's no not a straight line absolutely and there's so much work that goes into fitting all of these pieces together there've been days where if i feel overwhelmed uh, i just take a break i don't work i'm like okay that's it like i need to get out of the house because i work from home mm-hmm. and i said i need to get out of the house and i just spend one day in a, at a garden or at a cafe or, or or meet a friend just switch off completely because 
sometimes answers don't come to you. There's no clarity. There have been days there have been no clarity and and you cannot beat yourself with that. So you got to switch off. And that's when the clarity comes in. So, you know, you become a little more, more patient with the whole process. So what keeps you on purpose then? Uh, Well, for me, being on purpose means I show up on the mat every day. You know, I do yoga every day. I journal every day. I listen to podcasts every day. So this is my three everyday thing, which I cannot live without in the morning. Mm -hmm. And once I do that, now whatever lies ahead of me in this day, I can get through with it, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, troubleshooting or whether it's launching a product or whether it's marketing or whether it's, you know, PR or whatever it is. And then again, going back to that why Mm -hmm. you have to stick to your why. Like I go back to my pictures back in 2017 and 2016, you know, how I started and those photos. And when you see those photos versus now, there's a huge growth. So you keep going back to that mood board or, you know, that vision board or, uh, you know, those photos of how you started. Like I have all my photos of my markets and fairs and whatever I've done. And when I just revisit it, just to see that how the journey has been so far. So that's what keeps me on track. You know, it keeps me on purpose that this is why I started it. So you need to be, you know, true to that core. Yeah. That is a really useful tip to just keep that folder there so that when you feel like it's been a bad day or things haven't Uh, nothing's going right, or you've had a big no or a big disappointment, you can go back and you can say, actually, there's been a lot of growth here. Do you have a superpower? (laughs) I wish. (laughs) I wish I had a superpower. Uh, I would have done a lot of things uh, faster. Yeah. Would you have? Because it feels like going slow is actually part of your method and, and you've achieved a lot that way. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I can, I, I'm proud of that, but uh, it, I need to stay humble and, you know, grounded in order to make it far. Yeah, okay. So it's actually about resilience. Absolutely, absolutely. Training your mindset. I think mind is where it comes into the whole thing. Like how can you train and understand your mind? Like, you know, where it wants to go, how fast it wants to go, how slow you want to go. So when I did my pitch fest, uh, one of my first pitch festival, I was speaking to the coordinator and she goes, oh, you're not, you don't feel like you're in a hurry to go anywhere. You know, you are taking your own time, you're organic, you're slow. And is that what you want to do? And I said, I just want to take it slowly. I mean, that's why I've left my corporate life to change those values, change those goals, get a shift. I mean, I'm in a business where I'm selling nature Mm. and nature never hurries for anything. It grows at its own time. I take a lot of inspiration from nature. For me, just seeing how a butterfly flies or how a plant grows or how the seedling is taking roots or I mean, that's, I go back to nature again and again. And one of the main things is like when I was growing up, my dad used to plant trees back in India. 
And there was a point when we were, you know, when we started going to college and everything. So the, the trees had gone really big. And then suddenly the guys came in and like, well, I had to cut down the trees. And my dad said, you're not going to touch these trees because I've seen them grow, you know, from a seedling to a big tree. I'm, I will not let you touch it. He's saying you can trim it if you want, but I will not let you uproot it. I don't know. Somehow it just kind of stayed with me. And then I was like, yeah, I was like, how can I do that in a small way? Yeah. I think that is the most beautiful metaphor for not just your business, but also the your business principles, the way you want to grow your business. It's It's slow. It's guided by nature. It's about scattering seeds, planting seeds, and seeing how they grow, when they grow. Yeah, it's it's the seeds of intentions, right? I mean, that's what that's what pandemic has taught us is to slow down. Yeah. And that's what businesses like us are doing. So I want to talk about the next big thing for left-hand design. Um, what's coming up next? Do you have a big move planned? Yes. So we are super excited. We'll be launching Australia in May. Yes. I'm super, super, super duper excited for that launch. I think Australia is an amazing market. People are very aware and uh, it's a very matured market. Mm -hmm. And to be able to provide that, um, it's going to be exciting. So watch out uh, on our, you know, socials and, you know, when we launch. And yeah, I mean, again, you know, Australia, New Zealand, you know, I don't want to read fast. I want to take my time. But yes, it's going to be super exciting. I can't wait. I just can't wait. Yeah, that'll be really exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing how the business expands, but also how the product categories expand, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What I see in left-hand design and what I love about left-hand design is the herbs and the plants are Asian herbs and plants, and it feels really of this place. Yeah. So I'm really interested and excited to see what happens as it moves into a new part of the world. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's adapt, grow, change. That's what businesses like us do. Literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm really excited to launch a new market because you learn a lot about that new market as well. So and and we do have a promotion for our listeners. Um, so please use the code GreenFingers on checkout. You know, visit the website and see the products for yourself. Try them, plant them, use them. So that and is please share Green photos. Fingers <laughs> to get a 10% off discount on a purchase of Left Hand Designs Plantable Stationery. And that will be in the show notes together with a link to the website. So... My takeaway for you is that there's a difference between growing slowly and stagnation. The stories of success, and if you can't hear the quote marks around the word success in my voice, they are there. But these stories about success often celebrate speed. You know, we talk about overnight sensations or startups that achieved massive traction quickly. But this is often a misrepresentation because if you speak to anyone who's achieved something you admire, even if it seems like it's been done quickly, there's often a lot of groundwork or a lot of failings that came before. But we like to focus on the endpoint and the speed at which that happened. But I think what this episode has taught me is how to understand something that many of the other women on this podcast have spoken about before. And that is that it isn't actually about speed. It's about 
direction. So look for the small wins that Radhika talked about. Are these helping you to take the next right step? And are these helping you to move the needle just a little bit? Don't focus on the speed. Focus on the direction. Thank you for spending this time with me today, and I will be back in your ears in June. So please follow me on Instagram and visit www.thepurposeeffectpod.com for updates on when the new season will launch. Bye for now.